All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Tyler Rumchuk, and welcome into episode 184 of The Real Life Podcast. I'm joined by Bagged Milk, Chalmers, Jay. And uh, today we're going to take this episode and dedicate it solely to a conversation that needs to be had. Um, Obviously, the current events going on south of the border, and really it's become a worldwide thing. It needs no introduction at this point, but it is a conversation that us as a group of guys with a podcast feel as though we need to have, and not, not need to have, we want to have this conversation, and I think everyone should. I think everyone should want to be a part of a solution no matter it doesn't matter if this is something that affects you in your day-to-day life and or or not I I, I think you should be looking to change for the better and uh, to, to get this started I'm going to read since we are still in Oilers Nation podcast I'm going to start by reading the statement that Connor McDavid put out on his Instagram the other day I actually thought it was one of the better statements that was put out but he said like everyone else I watched the horror of George Floyd's murder and felt helpless and sick to my stomach And as I have watched the many protests against racism and social injustice that have been taking place around the world, I realize that I need to do more to educate myself, that I need to learn more about the history of racism in our countries and to listen to the voices and the perspectives of the black community and other racial minorities to try and understand how I can help, how I can help affect change going forward as a young white male and pro athlete. I recognize that we live in a, that we live a very privileged life. I believe that the time is now for all of us to get out of our comfort zones, to not sit idly on the sidelines, and to be part of the solution to ensure that we end racism in our society. And the reason I I started with that is because he he highlights the part about being a white male who's privileged. And I think that's a perspective that, if I'm going to be blunt, the four of us kind of come from. And I guess it, it still is important for us, like I said off the top, to even though 
we have never been affected by racism. We need to be a part of the solution for this. And uh, I guess that's kind of where I'm going to start. And I'll, and I'll go to you first here, Bagged Milk. Um, just your thoughts on the conversation that's kind of been happening now, both online, on the news, throughout all the media, on, on what's sort of been happening here and, and the movement we're experiencing. I think it's incredibly important. I think that what you're seeing right now is a lot of people getting uncomfortable and they have to be, they have to be like you said, like Connor said in his statement, as white guys, we don't experience this on a day to day basis. So we don't have to worry about it. However, that's not the point of this. The point of this is to bring to light that this is a situation that happens for a lot of black men, a lot of black women, and a lot of people of color on a daily basis. And they don't have a choice in that. We have the privilege of educating ourselves and reading about it and learning about it and forming opinions and using our voice. Whereas for a black man, that's not the case. And until we get to a point where they can go out of their houses and not have to worry about police being uh, harassed, followed unjustly, then this conversation has to continue. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's going to be hard. But that's what it takes. That's what it takes. People need to watch the videos. They need to watch what happened to George Floyd and see him say, I can't breathe with somebody on his neck. They need to see it because that's happening just because we know George Floyd's name and everybody should say it. This has happened so many other times throughout history, countless times, hundreds of times, thousands of times. And until we get to a point where everyone is on an even playing field, this conversation needs to continue. It needs to happen. And I'm sorry if people get uncomfortable by it. But fuck off. Because you can pretend to be a good person, but unless you're taking part in it, then stop. And Stop pretending. I don't want anyone to comment on this and do the whole stick to sports things because stick, stick to sports thing because one, that's tiring, and two, like if you have, like you see it every time when an athlete releases a statement, when a reporter retweets something, three comments in, there it is, stick to sports, stick to sports. And it's, you know, that's kind of what has allowed this to be a problem for so long is everyone going, well, I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane, turn on the blinders, pretend it's not happening, whatever people would do. And sticking to sports isn't enough right now. And I'm glad that a lot of really prominent athletes and people around the sports community have spoken up against this and and haven't been afraid to do so. Yeah, I believe that, uh, I believe it's safe to say that we don't have to, you know, we all agree that watching and what's been what's been happening, you know, is is horrible. And I can't help but think that it happening right now during a pandemic and during a, a period of a blackout of sports is the perfect time to keep this awareness. Because, like we were talking about earlier, this kind of thing, when it's happened in the past, whether it be Trayvon Martin or whether or not it, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, it's it's the flavor of the week. You know, and and protests come out, and uh, and people listen, and then it goes away because you know it's it's not a subject that you want to continuously have to think about. It's uncomfortable, um, 
but we need to in order to enact change. And with there being no sports to take people's minds off it, with this, no NBA finals and no Stanley Cup finals to just stop, you know, to, to allow us to have the reprieve from this, it helped keep that message. What I was hearing from, you know, somebody was that this conversation is like, you know, you have that community pushing a boulder up a hill and they're constantly doing it to try to get equality and, and to try and, you know, just deal with the stuff in their lives that's happening. And then all of a sudden something like this happens and a bunch of people flock to help push that boulder up the hill. And the boulder goes a lot faster. And then people realize how hard it is pushing this boulder up and they stop and, and they go back to what's easy. Uh, and, you know, it's a vicious cycle. It continues to happen. And, um, and like I said, as much as it, it sucks that it had to happen for, you know, uh, that somebody being murdered in the street, you know, had to happen for this. This time is perfect. I can't, I can't help but think that. And I'm glad it's happening. And I hope that, that it can continue to happen. And my, my, you know, 40 years old and I live in Edmonton and I'm a white, you know, I'm a white man and I, I constantly struggle with what, how to keep it, how to keep it going. How, like, you know, especially this week. I mean, it seems like we have to try to figure something out. Yeah. We need to figure something out and we also need people to join in the conversation and we need people to be open to learning and not just saying things like Tyler said, stick to sports. Yeah, because so I think I think with a podcast like ours, sorry to interrupt you, but with a podcast like guys, we you know we do have people that listen, and they, you know, they're probably a lot of folks just like us out there. And so with this podcast, I don't think that the that the the idea behind this was to you know sit there and point out all the injustices and you know talk about because I think everybody agrees with each other that things are horrible, but maybe just maybe we could come up with some ideas or, or some ways to, to kind of keep it going. I mean, personally, the things that I've come up with, I turned, I took this moment and on Tuesday I had a real sit down with my wife and my, and both of our kids. Uh, I've got sons, they're six and nine. And I felt like this was the perfect opportunity to explain a very, very tough thing to them. And, you know, Right off the bat, I could tell that they're aware of what's happening. They, they, they don't understand fully, but they're aware that there's some real issues out there. And, um, so we really just, we were just really honest with them and we sat down and we, we talked to them about, you know, about the world. And it starts there because like that generation, I mean, the generation below myself is already more compassionate they're more you know like your m chuck your generation you're more understanding i mean you have your, your generation has been about you know race about lgbtq like those type of issues you're better at them than than we are and i hope that with teaching your kids this kind of thing and taking this moment that we can continue to make the generation after you better and you know because that, in my opinion, because I don't know any other way that I can help, but that's, in my opinion, how I can help the most and, and how people like myself can help. And it is to focus on your family and your friends 
around you and uh, and speak up, really. I, th- I think your analogy about the boulder up the up the hill or the mountain is so accurate, uh, and how we we as a society will periodically get behind that boulder and push it up to then let it roll back down uh, to scary levels. You know, you know, personally, you know, thinking that you know, being a proud Canadian, a proud a uh, member of a very diverse and multicultural country uh, thinking, you know, that's great. And, you know, having the time, what this has been, this has done is just opened up my eyes to realizing like, just, just because you're proud to be a Canadian of a multicultural company, uh, uh, country, that's good enough. It's, you're, I'm learning that like, no, like, and, and, and I kind of feel some guilt. Uh, as opposed to like, that's not enough because that doesn't force change. Um, and it's actually action, considerable action and collective action, uh, that actually forces this stuff to get to where it needs to go so that boulder doesn't roll back down the hill any further. And that's been kind of just the, what I've been processing during this time. And you know what, like it's, you're right, like without, with this just being the sole topic of our society right now, it's, it's allowed me to just go deep into it and actually, you know, do what everyone's saying, like, and, 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 and learn more and get an understanding, like before you just hear things and kind of leave it at that, but like, no, like get deeper and realize the fucking mess that's, 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 that's down there that, uh, you know, I'm now being more aware of, of, of what people are experiencing. You know, people of race are experiencing in day-to-day life that, fuck me, I, 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 I just thought rose-colored glasses guy over here just thought, you know, everything was, was good, but it's fucking not. Uh, and as uncomfortable and as shitty as it is to witness what happens, this reaction, you know, the protesting and people, you know, getting together and on the positive side of it, like you just dis- discount, it doesn't matter when anything happens. There's always going to be a, such a small, small, small percentage that take this as a wrong opportunity in terms of like looting and shit. And then that gets the headlines and actually buries all the fucking good work that's happening right now and reaction that's happening now from this. Mm-hmm. But like, it is amazing to witness, you know, the mobilization of, community um coming together to help elevate and push that fucking boulder uh it's very interesting to see and i think you know i i i really i really fucking hope this is this you know this continues and we don't park it behind another you know the next story uh because i think this has really unlocked the opportunity and the reaction that we're seeing and yes like being a pandemic there's even like, we're, we're more woke to things and people are, re- are responding uh, quicker than just kind of letting things slide away. They're getting behind it. Um, it's very interesting and powerful to see. And well, yeah. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, buddy. Well, it starts, and, and, and like all the stuff that you're saying, I totally agree with. And it all starts in every situation, whether or not it's your business and your business is having a problem or whether or not it's your family and your family's having a problem, 
the leadership in any of these areas has to be the ones that step up in these times of needs. In a company, the CEO must step up, you know. And in this moment right now, unfortunately, like the leadership is so bad at stepping up and and helping. Like it, it's all about enacting change. Enacting changes with actual legislation, you know. And mm-hmm. so I can't do that, you know. And so, so we have to like hope that the leaders, whether or not in sports or or in, you know, in Hollywood type of like you know movies or whatever, the leadership, people that people follow, that they don't allow this to stop. And all I can do is kind of be a leader at my house. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't, well, but that's your part. That's though. important, that's, right? That's, exactly. That is and very so that, important. So, like so that conversation the, with your kids, Chalmers. That's fucking like the most powerful thing you could do. Yeah, and 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 it it was so important to us. And you know, just to further on that, because I, I do want to just talk about, you know, how I've processed the past week was, you know, on Tuesday um, when I woke up, and obviously at six o'clock, I, I I like to go on Instagram in the morning and see what's happening, and it was Blackout Tuesday, and and I started noticing really quickly what was happening. And I thought it was very cool. And, uh, and so I just, I, I remember seeing just blackout after blackout on Instagram and, and I couldn't help, but really, really want the people that have a voice to do it. Um, but I was kind of stuck between myself. You know, I don't, I don't post on Instagram. I'm not much for social media. As you guys know, I, I use it. Um, but I don't engage in it much. I don't, Really, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. For no reason other than I just don't. Um, but I was worried now that everybody's doing this. If I was to do it, I don't really have that much of a following. Is that more portrayed as a look at me as a grandstanding? And is that going to make me just feel better? And then therefore now I feel better. So I'm less likely to do anything of real means, you know, and and so I had that conversation with my wife and, and we, we didn't know the answer. And it's these difficult conversations that we're having that are so important right now, you know, because I have to admit, I had no idea what to do. <laughs> and it was, and, and, you know, it was weird. I had that same kind of internal conversation as well. When I saw the black squares going up and I kind of went, okay, like I, I should be a part of this. I'm someone who supports this movement but I, I understand where you're coming from, where if you haven't posted on Instagram in seven months and you throw this up there, it might come off as disingenuous where Chalmers, it's not like you're staying silent though, right? And I think that's the important thing too, whether you're posting the black squares, sharing every petition you can, whether you have the money to donate to things, anything like that. As long as you're doing something to help the cause, I think that's important. And uh, right now up at Oilers Nation, I would encourage everyone to go read the piece that Robin Brownlee posted. It's titled Square One. And at the end, he, the last little excerpt is uh, titled The Way Ahead. And I'll read that quickly. He goes, it's been said often in the days since George Floyd had his life snuffed out over $20 that not being a racist isn't enough. We must all take another step and be anti-racist, not only in what we say, but how we live, no matter what our walk of life, in our deeds, in our interactions, that's damn sure going to take the kind of change we haven't managed up until now. And I, I like that part there from Brownlee because he sort of emphasizes that it's a multifaceted. 
You know, just posting on social media, okay, that's good. That's one step, but you're not up the staircase yet, right? Like you need to be more than just not racist. As Brownlee said, you need to be anti-racist. You need to be actively helping the cause here. And I, I think we have seen that with a lot of people. Are there some people who are probably doing this for attention? Absolutely there are. Um, but in everything, there's going to be there's going to be bad people who try to exploit something for their own benefit. And I think for the most part, if I, I today uh, on the air, I was talking to Carlin Gay. He's the managing editor of NBA Canada. He's a Canadian, a black Canadian living in Charlotte right now. And the way he put it was make this a movement and not just a moment and make this more about just what you're sharing and all that, but do stuff that you actually believe will affect change. And I think that's an important thing for everyone to take out of this is you want to do more than just share on social media. You want to have, as traumas, like you said, tough conversations with your family, whether you have kids or not, with your wife, with your friends, whoever. I think that's an important thing to pull from this is have those tough conversations and try to actually invoke cha evoke change in your own community. And I think people also have to be open to learning. They have to be open to education. They have to be, they have to keep their eyes open with an open heart so that when you have a tough conversation like Chalmers had with his kids, that it doesn't just go in one ear and out the other because having the tough conversations is important. But like Brownlee wrote in his piece, you have to do more than that. You have to, you have to make sure that you're using your spot in your, in life, your voice to correct the wrongs that we're seeing. You have to and go vote. You have to go vote in yeah, municipal vote. elections. You have to vote. Um, you have to find out when those are and make sure that you, that we as a society are weeding out the people that are not ready to make changes because it's long past time. I also think that it's important that, um, you know, I, I, the words were great. I had the conversation with the boys and they get it. Um, but the actions that follow, in the years to come, you know, they have to also be, um, you know, on the same page as, as what that conversation was to keep it going. Whereas I can't be complacent in where, if we're sitting around with a group of friends or, you know, a family member says something, um, and, and not, you know, speak up against it. Uh, because the boys are like the, the younger generation is going to see that. So that's another thing that I think, you know, it can't be just this conversation right now. And then in six months, you know, if you, you're sitting there with the boys and in public, you see something that's wrong happening and, and, you know, you don't kind of say something, you know, that can get a bit tricky, obviously in public, you don't want to go and I don't know, public situations are a little different, but more, more so saying if a friend makes a comment or a, you know, an adult or something, I've got to focus on making it, just a thing that we do from now on you know like yeah. from this day forward and i think you, you mentioned you know out in public it's difficult but a lot of this is difficult and hopefully this conversation it drives it to the point where when you see something in public you can feel comfortable reacting because one you know you're not the only one who saw it and two you know you're doing the right thing and people will be on your side right like when if you see i, I like i'm just pulling an example you're at the grocery store you see something go down it's racist maybe this movement will give more people the courage to step up and, and stop stuff like that in public and, and, and give right. them and, that sort of empowerment, right? 
and doing it in a calm fashion. I can't stress enough to anybody in public that if you see any type of situation that you feel like approaching, to approach it in a calm, unbiased manner, no matter what the situation looks like, is the only way that it can be done. Because barging into a situation and just assuming you know, kind of reading a book by its cover type of thing, that always leads to more escalation. And I think in anybody that's trying to do good, the name of the game should be de-escalation of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I got to say that it, being calm and just, like, I'm, I'm really trying to show my friends' kids, you know, when we're around them, uh, just just be better. Be calm. Be Just be better. I don't really know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But I've heard, like, the one good thing is, is I have, I've heard a lot of good stuff come out. I've seen a lot of good stuff. You know, it took, just to touch on Drew Brees for one second, he put his foot in his mouth and, you know, what you saw was teammates come out and speak up against it. For those of you that don't really know the situation, Drew Brees has a long family history of military uh, uncles and, and, brother, and, and family members that were in the military. He, back in the past, commented that um, disrespecting the flag during the national anthem was not the right way to protest. Um, four years ago, that was said without, uh, you know, a lot of people batting an eye. Um, it was relatively new. Now, it seems like, you know, it was wrong that to say that. And Drew Brees kind of doubled down on it this week and really caught the ire of a lot of his teammates and a lot of the black community. But his apology was really, really good. And it was strong because... A lot of the statements I'm seeing are just statements. I read them all. I hear them all. You know, five guys in a room concocting a statement for Joe Athlete over here so that he can put out something that's, you know, right down the middle. That's great. But the statements from from teams, from owners, from powerful people need to condemn this. They need to say this is wrong. They need to call it by its name. They need to put pressure on the people to enact change. And Drew Brees does this in his apology. And I don't, I wish I had it right here, but it's really just a couple sentences where he says, you know, just that. And it was the most strident that anybody said it, you know, and, and it sucks that it took what he, what he had to go through, you know, and what the, his teammates had to go through for, to get there. Do you guys know, does it make sense? Yeah. Like you, you makes, want this it, to be a learning sense, moment, but- right? You absolutely want this to be a learning moment. My only concern, my concern with Drew Brees' apology was that would it have come out if he didn't get absolutely blasted? And that's kind of and my concern with it too. Probably, and, and that's not. Just, and that's and that's my problem with it, Chalmers. Is is you're right. It's a time to learn and it's a time to grow individually, but. That's why I think education is so important because the protests that were going on in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick. They were peaceful protests, kneeling during the anthem as a means of raising awareness for what was going on in the streets. And it had nothing to do with um, disrespecting the military or the flag. And one might even argue that the military, they do what they do so that people can protest just like that. It was peaceful. 100%. I think you're bang on. 
I think that's that's where my problem with Drew Brees was, is that I think that no one was looking at the Colin Kaepernick NFL kneeling during the anthem protest. Well, anybody that was paying attention anyway sees it as a sign of a slight against the military or the flag. But see, and that's where that's where my problem with what he said was was he he did that sleight of hand trick that people do in these situations. And, you know, the leadership in the United States, and I'm talking the top leaders, they, they do this. They do this trick where they take, they take their eye off the ball, you know, and they change it. They, him kneeling down was not about the flag. And, and protesting is not about the flag. And it's about one simple thing, that black people are being murdered in the fucking streets by police. That's what it's about. Don't change it. You know, don't turn this around. And, 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 and until they all stop, like, trying to do that, until there's a faction of people that stop trying to do that, you know, it's it's going to get muddied. You know what I mean? And it's it's shitty. I, I, I just I just hope that anybody that that thinks to themselves that there's a right and a wrong way to protest, like, understand what they're protesting and then just leave it there. Like when you say when you say stick to sports, when you try to bring Kaepernick's peaceful protest or any of the protests back to a disrespecting the flag or whatever, like you said, whenever you try to change the narrative, you are a part of the problem. You're outing yourself as yeah. not just a part of the problem. You're outing yourself as the problem. Like that is a major issue with all this is people who just can't seem to understand and they just seem to want to be intentionally obtuse to these issues and I, I think that's what was encouraging is when Drew Brees comes out and says this, he gets slammed for it by a large portion of NFL players, NFL media, everyday people online, all of this stuff. Like teammates. he got teammates, teammates, like, man. Like crazy. he got slammed. And I think again, you went back to seeing something in public, and I said, I, I hope this movement gives people the courage to, even when it's uncomfortable, confront these issues and try to affect change and i think that was almost a prime example of it drew Brees put that's that out the positive that's the positive that's come from this is drew Brees puts that out he is a very important figure one on that team two in the nfl in the entire sports landscape and people were not afraid to tell him what they thought and i think that's one of the positives to come out of this and i hope that's what can continue to come out of this i hope and, that and every I day you notice a new positive with this movement and I think he did the one thing that we all need to do, and that is just listen. Yeah. Not listen to people that, that are our friends that are like, you know, like I'm talking listen to podcasts, listen to the news, listen to the people in power, listen to the statement, the, the red statement by the Atlanta gover uh, governor, the governor of Atlanta. Um, it was awesome. And you listen to that. Just listen to it. And understand, like, if I, you know, if you still have that, if you still have the view that you have after listening to all these stories and having real empathy, then I mean, there's, there's no help for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's tough not to, 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 to hear some of these stories, put yourself in that position. You know, I, the ones that get me the most, because I, I mean, I, I, I have two children, right? The ones that have, the most impact on me are the stories of black fathers who say there's a talk that happens before like the sex talk. And it's the talk of 
you're a black person and what that means. Mm-hmm. That when you are out in public, it is yes, sir, no, sir. It is, if you get pulled over by the police, if I get pulled over by the police, if you're with me and we, and we get pulled over by the police, this is not just like a small thing. This is, this is every single one of them has to have this conversation with their children. Just imagine that. And then, you know, further to that, to say, to, to just be scared that you can't, that you can't some, maybe t- sometimes protect your children um, from this type of thing happening. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And if you hear those stories, I, those, those ones I resonate with the most, right? And to, to, the t- to the point where I've heard stories of fathers having, telling their children, you're going to wear this lanyard. And the kid not understanding why this lanyard that he had to wear was so important and why his dad made it so important until one day they got pulled over. And in the lanyard was his ID and his uh, uh, birth certificate. And he, he was able to not have to put his hands anywhere. And it was just like, what a world we live in where that is a fucking thing. And I never thought of it. And it's so, so listen and understand, you know what I mean? Like, and just have empathy, I think. Well, and that's, I mean, Chalmers, you just, you just kind of said that that's kind of proving my point why I think education is so important because I also read those stories. And again, it goes back to, opening your mind and opening your heart to the experiences of others, because as a white guy, and you just said it, I don't have to have, I never had a conversation about what I need to do if I get stopped by a policeman or a police officer, I should say. I've never had that. I've never had to worry about it. I've never been stopped at a red light, look over and see a cop car and wonder what's going to happen next. I just go on with my day. And until we can get to a point where, that's the case for everyone, then there's work to do. There's education that needs to happen. There's learning that needs to happen. There's personal and, growth that needs to happen. And people might be asking yourself, like, why? Like, like, like the, the, I'm physically, if I lived in the States right now, I would be fucking scared. I, I just would be. Because in the, it, when you watch videos on the news or anything where they flash back to 1960s where there was riots after the exact same type of shit happened a black man was murdered by the police and this this shit happened we're talking 60 years later we're seeing the exact same shit that is not a fucking place I want my kids to grow up that's not a time I want my kids to grow up in you know it's about goddamn time that something fucking changes and it's it's just crazy to me to think that 60 years later we're seeing the exact same shit and brutal videos you know uh, and and just police brutality being protested which is causing police brutality it's like fuck i don't know it, it sucks it's not a world I, when i when i'm watching the news and my kids are watching it all i think of is like i feel like every day it's getting worse and it has been for quite some time. Forget about a pandemic. We can't fucking control that. There's nothing we can do. We can do our best. And I think in our little community, we have, right? But like, this is, this is like just humanity being fucking awful, you know? And it's just not a place, like, it makes me, it makes me scared. It makes me want to keep my kids in like a little bubble, you know? And just like, I don't know, just sucks. You, you it's, said it's, it's supposed to be as, as humans. It's supposed to be our nature for humans to help humans, but somehow this has been allowed to happen. 
for a yeah. long fucking time. And yeah, it's, it makes me sick to my stomach and it's, you know, but that's the thing. Like it's, it's good that we're reading this shit and we're going deeper into it so we can have this deeper emotional connection and feelings to this subject, to this fucking issue. I think, you know, if there's any positive and I just, I just hope everyone's fucking doing this so we can get together as a global community and just fucking have this, have this be better. Yeah. And Chalmers, you said, you know, every day it feels like it's getting worse. And I think what we should all hope, hope for with this movement and with everything that's going on is that moving forward every day, it can get a little bit better and a little bit better until it's not a problem anymore. Uh, guys, I, I want to thank you all for, uh, for talking about this today. Uh, for everyone who listened, thank you very much. We know this is a hard conversation to have, but there's a point and a reason why they're being had. I know, uh, the four of us don't want to come off as being the moral police or anything like that. Um, but I think it's important for everyone, no matter what color you are, to have these conversations and to try be better so that eventually there can be equality. And it's no longer a question of, you know, what the color of your skin is or anything like that. It's, it's just a matter of being human. So um, thank you guys for being open and honest during this and talking about the difficult conversations you've been having. Thanks to everyone for listening to this as well and uh, think about little ways that you can make different changes to, uh, to make the world around you a little bit better. Episode 184 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.